verse. And God blessed them. And God blessed them. Everybody said that. Who that sounded good. He didn't turn them loose without help. They left well fortified. They left well able. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the sea, over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Thank you very much and please be seated. I'm going to attempt by the help of the Holy Ghost to give you some ideas and information that will help make your life easier. I feel like that I'm a different man than I was the last time I gathered with a brother. I've had a breakthrough in my life. I've learned to pray. And I'm profoundly ashamed that I was 28 years preaching before I, I learned what I learned. Desperately ashamed of that. But uh, I have learned to know the Lord in a new dimension. That means that uh, what I say to the heavy bulk of you will be old hat. But it's just new to me. And if I seem to be excited about what I have to say, I just, uh, you know, I just forget it, you know. You've been knowing that a long, long time. I'm well aware of that. But I, so help me, God. The Lord has been so good to me. Oh, I prayed, you know, before I learned to touch it. And I got things out of it. I won victories and I was able to keep saved and help save a few more along the way. But you know, you can take a good crumbly cake and rub it in a dead man's mouth and he'll get a little of it. And I suppose that's about what I was getting out of prayer. I got a few delicious corn. But I have discovered what you have always known, that there's always a way to touch God. It's fresh in my mind today that prayer is not meant to be a recitation. Too many it is a recitation. We teach prayers. There are prayer books. Much of the liturgy of the Roman church is repeated recitations of prayer. And Jesus clearly warned against that. He said that the heathen thinks that he shall be heard by his much speaking. And prayer is not something merely to be heard. We should not rest well when we have merely been heard. Prayer is a visit with the Almighty God. And prayer, its chief benefit is not to, to be heard of men. I prayed that way, much to my chagrin. I have prayed to be heard of men. I, I had somewhat of a reputation as a young preacher that I spent hours of prayer. 
I knew that uh, if I prayed, I was doing my duty. I knew that I'd come near being a blessing in any other way. I knew that there was so much carnality connected with me that if I did not pray often, earnestly, and long, that I wouldn't be any good. And so I prayed. But the chief benefit probably that I got was that I was heard of men. Uh, and the pastors came to the church at most any hour of the day. I was there praying. And that helped me. And that it gave me credibility. People believed in any man that prays, whether he prays poorly or well. And when people believed in me, then they opened their hearts and their ears to me. And then what that I had, all that I had that was any good was the Word of God. And what I gave the people out of the Word of God benefited them. But uh, that's the reason the Pharisees prayed, too, to be heard of men. And that's no small game, to be heard of men. People love you if you pray. Uh, your saints will regard you and love you if you pray. And uh, they perhaps will despise you if you don't. And perhaps they'll gain the upper hand over you if you don't. And congregations can tell whether or not one has prayed. There are very viable benefits to be gained to be, to be heard of men. And that men hear about you that you pray. But thanks to the living God, there are better reasons to pray than that. That is, that having a personal audience to sit down with Jesus Christ and suck with him and him with you, you pass in the French fries and we pass you the biscuit. And you visit and you talk is immensely more than what I had known. He said, uh, when you pray, be not as the hypocrites are who love to stand on the street corners to pray that they may be heard of men. For he said, they, they've got all they've got coming. They've had it. They have had their rewards. That is to say, that kind of praying that gets you a reputation among apostolics. It's not really long-lasting. And then he said, uh, the heathen think by his much repetition. And I was guilty of that. I, much of my prayer was glory, 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 hallelujah, praise the Lord, while I was bailing hay. In my mind, I was bailing hay. I was at the church praying. And uh, lots of hallelujah, praise the Lord, glory to God, amen. You know, it was uh, probably of little more value than the heathen saying, to country, to country, to country, for all I know. Uh, but I have learned uh, so many of my errors. I'm ashamed to stand in front of my family, in front of my church, and certainly in front of you. But uh, it's blessed me that I've made little progress. I'm still growing. And I want to talk to you today about an element of prayer that can help make life so much easier. I have written up here the ideas of control, management, rule, leadership, solution, dominion, oversight, and decree. I want to point out to you that we are either controllers or we are controlled. We either rule or we are ruled. We either, either take the oversight or we just ride whatever horse comes out of the chute. And 
some of them big yellow ones are bad, brother. I saw a little book that the other day in a bookstore that said, uh, it had a little goofy cover on it, a little goofy drawing on it. It said, Won't we leave when I follow? Uh, pardon me, Why don't we follow when I leave? That was the title of the book, Why Don't They Follow When I Leave? And we are always looking for solutions. We often wish that things would just work out. That's a poor way to get it, just wishing that it would. Now, in this verse that I read for text, and you could use the hundred just as easily and just as properly, but, but this word was in there, take dominion. I don't believe God meant for us to be heath weeds, tumbleweed just blown by, moved around by every wind that blows. But when God put his creation in the garden, he put Adam and Eve in there to multiply, to be fruitful, to replenish the earth, and to subdue it, to take away its ability to resist, to take away the ability of things and places and people and principalities to resist us, to subdue it, to take dominion over our world. Dominion means uncontested authority. Nobody's arguing that you can. It's part of my philosophy as a person and as a preacher, what was said in Ecclesiastes 1 and 1, it said, I, Solomon, the preacher, was king in Jerusalem. I don't believe you can be a preacher without being king. You can easily be a hireling, and you can easily be a paid public speaker, and you can be a counselor that people will drag your life out of, but you won't be a successful preacher until you in your mind have a coronation. You're a king. Now I want to talk about some of these things. Uh, I'd like some reading help in St. Mark chapter 11, verse 12 and 13. Uh, who will help me read that? Just uh, maybe a variety of brethren will help me. Uh, Brother Candace, thank you, kind sir. Mark chapter 11, verses 12 and 13. Now, there's so much to say about this. I, I hardly know where to begin. I'm just praying, struggling in my heart to be able to get to it to a place that you could get some of the benefit that I have. Of course, in your case, it would just be me reminding you what you already have known and lived by. But in my case, I'm just as tickled to death with it. I've learned it. And as Brother Davis said yesterday, I'm trying to believe what I preach. Uh, I, I, I can't, honest to God, before heaven tell you I believe all I'm going to say because I don't fully understand it. I've said that. You have too. There are jerks that say, I believe the whole Bible. You're a fool and a liar, too. You don't even know what all the Bible says. You know you don't believe it all. But what we mean is, to the best of our mental ability, we accept what we have, what has been presented to us. And we don't doubt that it is so. But it's like an old lady from Noble, Louisiana, a little old small town. Her son-in-law brought her down to Sabine Pass and showed her the Gulf of Mexico, and she quietly began to weep. She said, that's the first thing I ever saw that it was a miracle. <laughs> and so she went away, and on the back of a little postcard, she wrote back to the grandkids. She said, I have seen the Gulf of Mexico. In reality, she saw 500 or 1,000 or 1,500 acres of it. 
she had not seen the Gulf of Mexico. And when I have said that I've learned to touch the Lord, now what I mean is that I, I stood on at Sabine Pass and took a look. I took a look. You know, that's all that means. And when a man says he knows God, well, that's what he's talking about. He means he's seen a flash somewhere. He heard a little thunder roll. He knows something about God. And St. Mark, this is a, the teaching of Jesus Christ that is true. It will help you gain control. It will help you manage sticky, miserable, mean situations that threaten you. It will help you rule what you must either ride or be stoned. It will help you have the leadership that will cause people to follow you to God. It will be the solution to problems that will threaten to drown you, and it will give you hands-down dominion over what's standing in your way doing God's will for your life. St. Mark 11 and uh, and on the morrow, as they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Seeing a big tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happened he might find anything thereon. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of fish was not yet. One more. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. <coughs> And his disciples heard. He came to the fig tree and said to it, No man eat fruit of thee forever. I don't know how loud he said that. I don't know whether he was red in the face, nor whether he stumped, stumped right foot or left or jumped flat footed or what. He just said to the fig tree, No man henceforth eat fruit of thee. He did not anoint it with oil. He didn't play the organ. He didn't march around it seven times, but he said to it. Jesus is God, you know. Uh, he was God. He was Lord and Christ. Right? He's entered into his glory, hasn't he? He has a name above every name. He has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they are. He came to that tree and said that. Now then, reading down the consequence in verse 22, 23, and 24, Elder. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Oh, have faith in God. All right. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed. Be thou removed. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. Be thou cast into the sea. Be thou cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart. And shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. But shall believe that those things which he saith. Now, after me, repeat this. I say stuff. Yeah. Come on. I say stuff. Yeah, I say stuff. If you doubt not in your heart, but will believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, what? He shall have whatsoever he said. He shall have. I'm a haver. You say that. He shall have whatsoever he saith. 
title of my subject today is Talk Your Way Out of Trouble. Talk Your Way Out of Trouble. You did it with a highway patrol, and I'll do it with your church. Talk Your Way Out of Trouble. Jesus said this, The works that I do shall ye do, and greater, because I go away. What is God's way of uh, getting control? What's God's way of managing matters? What's God's way of taking the room? What is God's way of exhibiting leadership? What is his solution? How does he get his dominion? How does he take the oversight? God said, let there be light. And there was light. He talked his way out of darkness. He said, let there be light. And there was light. The works that I do shall be made. He said to that fig tree, henceforth let no man eat fruit from you again. And never again did they. Uh, did we read that 20? Second, 23rd, 24th verse. We didn't get that far. All right, we go. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you shall receive them, and you shall have them. I'm a water. I'm a water. Come on. I'm a water. I'm a water. You'll get stuff if you can want. If you'll put up the desire, God will put up the cash. Whatsoever things you desire, boy, you've got to have a tiger heart to want. You've got to have an appetite like a lion. But if you can get the wants, you can have the gift, the gifts. You can obtain the promises if you want good enough. And if you can believe that whatsoever things you say will come to pass, and doubt not in your heart, dear, you'll have it. Now, the world operates by control. The world recognizes, I'm not talking about that, that sinning population that put Christ to death. I'm talking about the creation. When I say the world, I mean God's creation. It recognizes rule. It yields to performance. It yields to authority. One man said, I, being a man of authority, I say to one, go, he goes. You do too, you, you know, you... You've lived in a permissive society all your life. You ask for oatmeal. You ask for a dime to get a construction paper for school. You ask for four bits to get a composition book. You know you did. You asked to go to the pencil shop. You asked to go out and dust the erasers. And that guy was out there mowing his yard, and four fellas came by, and Carl Rodriguez was hanging out in the back. and said, hey! The bass are striking. Come go fishing with me. She cut his line off and said, well, wait, let me go tell my wife can I go. We live in a permissive society. <laughs> you do too. I do. There, we live in parallels. And whoever can coagulate these parallels and get them going in the will of God and by the Spirit of God can have what he needs. If he can believe in his heart and doubt not that the things he says will come to pass. You've got to learn how to say it. I had a freshman working for me and helping me put down my septic tank lines, steel lines, when I was building my house. 
and a friend of mine, a contractor, sent him out there on a fine backhoe, and it was a terrible storm about to break, and we'd had so much rain that year, it just looked like we could get nothing done. But this day, we had all the shell in, had the field lines in, and we were just had a little bit more to go, and we had a little bit more to dig, and old Clarence was up there operating that deal, and pow! He broke uh, this boom on the back of the tractor. He climbed off that thing, cut that diesel motor off, and he said, Ah, man, he said, that thing. He said, I've done no, I broke that thing four times and maybe three. <laughs> That's his way of saying it. He said, no, he broke it four times and maybe three. You ain't had no life when you passed the cages, huh? <laughs> Praise God, that's the best people in the world! Me too, boy. Let's leave after service. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You gotta learn how to say it. He said to that mountain, Be thou removed. Brother, that, that just absolutely tormented my mind for years. I just couldn't get consistent with scholarship and what he said, <laughs> that you can move them out. You know, somewhere there's got to be some reality about this whole business. Oh, yeah. And it takes Caterpillar and John Deere and Alice Chalmers to move mountains where I come from. And dynamite. <laughs> but Jesus Christ said, and I, I don't believe he meant to be facetious, nor comical, nor... I don't believe he was laying himself wide open for attack for subsequent scholars to read. I believe he knew exactly what he's talking about. He said, if you say to that mountain that's in your way and I'm messing with you and I'm bothering you and I'm aggravating you, get up! And don't get on Mr. Jones' land. He's going to pass soybean. Be thou cast into yonder sea. Freight bill will be mighty high, but get going. Be thou removed. And be thou cast into that sea. He said it go. I always thought that somewhere in the Bible that there was a precept or an idea, there was also an example of what that meant. I still believe that. I believe that uh, the scriptures really teach that men doing the will of God who find an unnecessary obstacle that's bothering them, I believe they can take dominion over and move a mountain. Literally, I believe you can move a mountain. That's a goofy little jerky joke where people tell about a lady kneeling down and looking out the window and praying for a mountain and didn't move. She said, that's just what I thought. Uh, that may be a, a sly way of passing over that whole passage of Scripture. I'm telling you, Jesus meant that if you were in his place and in his stead, authorized and decreed to do his work in his absence. He meant you got a mountain that needs to be moved. Move it. Now, Joshua didn't have no Holy Ghost. He never even went to Sunday school a day in his life. That's right. It's not phenomenal, but it's right. He never went to Sunday school in his life. Neither did Peter. But Joshua, one day when they were, the Gibeonites, you know, they, they lived in a royal city, a great city, the Bible says. And they came and made peace with Joshua. And uh, so 
the Amorite kings around that city, they got real disturbed about it. They said, well, we, they surrendered. They've made a covenant with them. We're going to go over and wipe Gibeon out. And so the people of Gibeah sent to Joshua and said, Hurry, we are your servants. You made a covenant to defend us, and now the kings of the Amorites have come. We need help from though. And so Joshua got there. And the Bible, the Lord said, I'm going to give you victory. I'm going to do that. I'm going to give you the victory. And Joshua believed God. He knew victory was in the pot. And so when he got there, the people of the Lord began to fight against the Amalekites, and that pleased God very well. But one of the commanders, as I said, came to Joshua and said, Look, oh, Joshua, we, we could do so much better if we could keep after them today. Today, God, they, they're on the run. Ooh, they're on the run. But it's going to be dark here, brother. And I'll tell you what, if we just had sunlight a little while longer, we've never had such an easy day. God's a cotton. He's a dropping hailstones on them. We can say no ammunition. We're winning hands down. If we could get a little help, Joshua said, Well, you need to say daylight. Right. Right. God bless your heart, Brother Layman. If you want daylight, you stay close to your preacher. If you want to live a good day and keep on succeeding and keep on being blessed, what you need in your life is daylight. Let that good pastor guide and manage and rule and give you the solution and take dominion and show you leadership in Jesus' name. You'll know real victory. Oh, God, you'll know victory if you can cause him to give you a little daylight. <laughs> that's what he needed was daylight. God, that's what we need today. And that's what the AMF is supplying, supplying daylight. Pull the curtains back. Let's God let the daylight shine. That's what this is all about. We're daylight distributors. Well, what do you need? He said, well, if we could just have a little more, a little more of today. We were winning today. So he just reached up and said, Sun, stand still over Gibeon. And moon, you stand still over the valley of Agilent. And the word of God said in the 13th verse, that the sun stood still over that town for about a day, and the moon stayed in the valley of Agilent. Okay. Somebody said, how you gonna move a map? The moon was bigger than a mountain. And he done it. He stopped it right out over center field and mid air till the man could get around the home. He done it. I've been down now, I've been up. 
And if you're down ain't never been up, don't kick it till you try. Yeah. It's better to be above it. Oh, yeah. 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 Let's go back and get it again. And Adam and Eve were in the garden. God said, look, don't you have dominion here? They didn't have to go to a ticket counter and check out for a permit to go look at the lines. You guys that go over here in the line country so far, they're going to tell you 12 times. Don't even break your windows. And some of them even what they tell you. The day after I left there, back in December, a woman went out there to raise one of them and threw some horse meat out and they all but killed her. I don't know what I said that for. Something. Oh, I don't know what I said. He didn't have to go check in, get a little yellow shit to go look at the line. You know, if you're a pastor, you don't have to have a big uh, announcement up there that I and pastor. You know, you got to be it in your own mind first. If you don't get, if you don't get your vote, you sure ain't gonna get that old long tongue woman's. You take that old Tennessee farm boy that when he comes in, he kicks that old yellow curry dog over the fence, jerks that screen door down. He don't need to tell nobody he's daddy. He just goes in, expects it to be two pounds of biscuits and a bowl of buttermilk there waiting on him. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, he, you've got to know it for yourself before others know it. But he said that if you say in your heart and doubt not, you got any mountains that are disturbing you and your, your life? You know, children are giving you trouble now. Can you, by grace and by faith and by imagination, can you advance your life suddenly seven years ahead from now? Children are giving you a lot of trouble right now and may write you back from the penitentiary in seven years from now. I hear lots of mothers where places I go just quietly slip up after most of the crowd go and say, remember to pray for my son who's in the penitentiary. Raised him in Sunday school and the young people's department. He's in the penitentiary. You got problems in the home with your youngest? You, you can stop that business. I'm telling you, if a woman in the home will recognize and receive and accept her office, she's got no problems. Paul said that the younger women ought to marry. Guide the house. Give none occasion for evil. Bless God, just sure he gave you the Holy Ghost and gave you a husband. He also appointed you to be the guide. There you go where you go. They'll believe what you believe. They'll reach the depth of dedication and consecration you've got. If you can accept that in your heart, that God's will is that you marry and bear children and guide the house and give none occasion for evil. 
There's no need in a woman being a whipping post caught between her husband and between her kids. That's God, you just straighten your little old chin up and get your teeth down on it and said, Look, you big old teenage boy. I'm God. But you got to give yourself the first vote. You got to win the first primary if you're going to get elected. You got to have it in your heart that God Almighty, the same God that made the heavens and the earth and authorized Peter to preach, has authorized me to be the God here. And if I want this thing to go up towards Calvary, it's going up towards Calvary. I was preaching for a noted brother, a blessed man, on um, one Sunday morning. And it was a big city and a large, successful church. And a new lady came in the revival. It was getting late in the revival, several weeks old, and this new lady came in. And we were really prospect conscious. I'm telling you, we were dragging the net. Everything we could try to get saved. This new lady came in. I happened to be standing by the pastor back the back door when she came by and uh, he didn't hardly pay her no mind. First time she had been there. She had two daughters with very short dresses on, very sultry, very seductive looking girls. But the woman looked about tired, you know. So on the way out to lunch, I said, who was that lady that came in there with those uh, unsaved teenage daughters? I said, boy, I'd be three more if we could get them in. Pa, he said, she's a joke. I said, oh, you know her. No, I ain't never seen her before. Boy, he's such a mild-mannered, such a fully-developed Christian man. I stepped back, and well, I didn't step back, but in my mind, I thought, well, what, what is he? I better learn this. I didn't say any more, and I thought he'd make another remark, and he did. He said it in my mind. He said, preacher, any woman that don't have her teenage daughters up to her bosom, close to them and in the church, there's nothing to her. That's one lesson I learned. It's still right. If the home don't go right, the mother's not right. If there's fighting in the home, there's something wrong with the mother because she does not have a quiet and a peaceable spirit, which is the sight of God, a great cross, and meek and a quiet spirit. You know, if I would be a woman, I, I wouldn't put up with what women put up with in Pentecost. Kids are ragging you to death. Mama, everybody else's mama lets them go over yonder. Oh, I don't say what oh, You know what I do? I said, you're not going. If I get the first primary, I'll, I'll get to the convention and I'll win. I've got to believe that my place and my position because of Calvary. I tell you, it goes back to Calvary. He said it's finished. You don't need nothing that's not in Jesus Christ. I read it today. He said, all things are yours. I'm telling you how to get it now. It's yours. Now we're going to take it literally. It's yours. You don't have to put up that kind of mess. Right. Women with unsaved husbands, you don't have to have that. You're the guy around there. Right. The Bible said, Peter said, that even those men who don't never come to hear the gospel, they can be converted without the word of God. Right. By your chaste behavior. Brother, let me tell you to stay renewed and filled with the Holy Ghost, but more importantly, to believe in yourself in the position God gave you. You can lead them out of Egypt. You can get them saved. You can have a saved companion and a Christian home. You can do it. You can do it. Oh, you can do it. Look at the situation of the classroom of little children. There are some women that are just, they can't have little children. They just work them to death. 
He leaves that classroom at 3.30 in the afternoon going home looking for a beer. My God, what I had. Those huge, terrible six-year-old kids, they just drove me to a lounge. Well, I know Steamboat Smith didn't let nobody drive her to the lounge. <laughs> Emmeline Smith was her name, but we call her Steamboat. Not in her presence, please understand. She had a small mustache. <laughs> Joke 22. I'm just telling you, a lot of things we accept don't have to be that way. Yes, thou shalt make thy prayer. Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him. He shall hear thee. Everybody said, God hears me when I pray. What if the devil told you you just lied? You didn't. He lied. You ain't lying when you're repeating holy, sacred scripture. The devil's a lying when he tells you that you don't know how to pray and you can't pray and you can't touch God. He's a liar from the beginning. That verse said that when you pray to God, he'll hear you and your prayer will be accepted. That said it. Read it again, Elder. Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him, and he shall hear thee. Who oh, God. Go ahead. Thou shalt pay thy vow. Yes. Thou shalt also decree this thing. Thou? Who is that? All the vows. Hold up your right hands. <coughs> I just want to see if you're listening, buddy, but you weren't. He said, Thou shalt decree a thing. Now let's see all of that. Who's God's word talking to? You are. Wave it to me a little bit, would you? Okay, we're talking about you. Thou shalt decree a thing. And it shall be established unto thee. And it shall be established unto thee. Could that be any better? Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. This is the, the result of a prayer life. Thou shalt call unto God and He'll hear you. And you'll pay your vows. And then He said, He authorizes you. He deputizes you. He commissions you to decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. You can talk your way out of trouble. And you can talk your way into a dozen hells. You'll be judged by the very words of your mouth, Jesus said. Anybody here with me? You believe in this? The old country boy, brush all the preacher like me, needs a little help. I think y'all ought to kind of grumble and mumble and shout and talk once in a while. I'm telling you, you can talk your way out. If you don't doubt in your heart and a heart filled with the Holy Ghost walking up to die, oh, that's not a faith of sin. I'm telling you. You can pass out orders, and it'll be done. That man of authority said, I say to one, go, to go. Said another, stay, he stays. We're all permissive. You live in a permissive society. You ask permission. People ask your permission. It's that way. The world responds. Well, one man said that the world moves aside for the man who knows where he's going. 
The truth is, we all go with it. You know, we don't want to follow philosophy, the bumper sticker, don't follow me, I'm lost too. <laughs> Who wants to go where they're lost? You want to be sure. You want to follow someone to share. You owe it to your saints to be sure. To be fully established in your own mind. To waver not. He said to tell the wavering man that he shall receive nothing from the Lord. God don't work like wishy-washy mouth. But in a heart that believes God's word. Boy, I'll never forget what you preached last night, Elder, about holding that book. Did he preach? Yeah. Woo! Hold on to the truth! Because we're going to come there, praise the Lord! He said, Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you. Decree, <coughs> Find it in the book. Uh, while you're holding there, let's skip on down here to Luke 2 and 1. And 3. Now, let me go back over this. Who are you? All of you are meant to be kings of, over your life. The man who rules his own spirit is highly complimented in the Word of God. Adam and Eve in the garden had dominion. They were to subdue whatever might oppose them. When Adam wanted to see the lines, he didn't need no little yellow paper. He just went out here and said, Stay with him. Nice boy. And after he got through with him, he told you to stay dry. He was around. He'd get gone. <laughs> hey, if you want to see another... You want to see a giraffe? You say, Caesar! And here came Caesar. <laughs> he subdued them. James said that everything among animal kingdom had been subdued. Somewhere, somebody trained monkeys to ride unicycles and jump off of settling ponies and get on an elephant. But he said it's the tongue. He said it wasn't to be subdued. I'm telling you that the world is subduable. Your problems are solvable. The things that keep you from doing the will of God can be melted. They can be moved. They can be removed. Come on, we need God's help. Hallelujah. Don't worry about whatever's holding you back. That's God, when you see the devil, just jerk his old beard open and then go, oh. <laughs> Give it to him, good yellow boy. God don't mean for his people to be run down and defeated and discouraged. He does not mean for us to be confused. He didn't give us a spirit of confusion to say, Oh, I don't know how to get out of this problem. That's not the spirit of God. The spirit of God is a clear, sound mind. represents the earth and the dinner plate represents the sun in terms of dimensions. And you see this BD here? 
Well, if you took some kind of powerful instrument, raised a little old small pimple on that BB, you'd say, oh, I got me a mountain there. But what is that little pimple on a BB compared to the sun? Somebody said, oh, you don't really, literally, actually mean uh, move a mountain. Yeah, I mean move a mountain. I don't know, Trent. This guy didn't have the Holy Ghost and never went to Sunday school. Did he? He said, stand still, son, right over Gideon. And when the moon thought he's going to go ahead and just turn around and give her a ghost, he said, you stand still in the valley of Agent. And it did. Look at here, what's bigger? Is the BB or the dinner plate bigger? But the sun compared to the size of the earth, I don't know how, maybe it's like a, maybe it's like a, a wash bucket or something, wash pan or wash tub compared to this. You know, it's bigger. Don't, don't let your faith be bothered about a mere amount. When Joshua stopped the sun and the moon together, that's not fiction, that's not a parable, that's the truth. You can move a mountain and put it where you want it. Why, them Russians can put it down on the ground and the Americans can put it down in the sea. God who lives ever, who governs, who rules, who has given to us dominion. You know, you see people get all shook up about somebody in church. Oh my God. Somebody said here yesterday somebody was doing something in the church and didn't leave the tie. I don't believe it's right to let them be a janitor if they don't call God. I don't believe it's right to say they got the Holy Ghost. I don't believe they're going to heaven. I don't believe that's about them. Oh, look what they'll do. Look at the power they control. That's not what Adam and Eve said. Adam and Eve never hovered over beside a palm tree when they did. Go 
walk through that garden, all those blind and just went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I imagine when Sister Eve came by, they just moved. Because they knew they were to be forgiven. They were under authority. He said, when I say the word, no, he told And I'm telling you, everything that made wrong in the garden, Jesus became the Calvary. Everything made wrong. The federal head of our race, three won, and gave us back at Calvary. He finished it all in his complete. There is nothing that can be added to it. Well, let's see what it is. Decree and official order. Whoop, whoop. This is not funny, but it's nothing, listen to And an official order, all right? Or decision. An A or a decision. As of a church or government. As of a church or a government. Anything settled and unchanged. Now, that's what it's got to be. Anything settled. And unchangeable. To order. To order. Everybody say I'm order you. Order you. Decide. Amen. Let's let everybody play. You either don't, you either will not confess your order givers. Be honest enough to confess your order takers. But she said, no, I believe I better stay around the house. 
You know, if anybody can reach you, you see me, you can put it to free out where they all come from. Thank God I put it to free out to fill up that heart. Here they come. That old shadow that been around that pig pen for a year and a big litter of teeth. And the election shows her. All of a sudden she just raised up in that mud and just like what she said. <laughs> Smoke cigarettes, preaching against smoking. 
telling you that, but what? Well, I'm the last guy around here to tell you anything about success. I just tell you where it went when I wasn't looking. But I do believe God works. Whether my experience confirms what the Word says or not immaterial, the Word's still right. I can't judge the Word of God on my experience. I don't believe any man ought to. Please let every man be a lot and let God be true. Praise God. All right, let's see here. Joe, who's got Joe 27? We read all that. We'll read that. Okay, Psalms 37, 4 and 5. That's real mild. Anybody catch that? Psalms 37, 4 and 5. You like thyself. You determine what you get. You write your own text. Uh, you take a guy that's in the, in the gutter and, and, and sick in his body and down and broke and owes everybody and drunk. You know why is that way you like that? You know, a guy's got trouble in his church everywhere he passes. You know why? He likes that. You know, the guy that don't have a Holy Ghost in Paris 22 years, he don't need I'm not asking you to believe that, I'm just thinking what I believe to be the truth. But I, I think that's right. Okay, read it again. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desire of thy love. Oh, somebody said, I guess you might die, will God. Oh, I've been praying four years for the will of God. Go do what you want to do, and you'll come off of me to do the will of God. Small. 
He said that if he made a machine capable of doing what the normal human being brain could do, that you'd have to have a building that spanned 15 acres and be 100 feet high. How about that? We made just a little bit more than that. Well, you, we, we really can get so close to God. We really can enjoy His divine fellowship so thoroughly, so tenderly, so vividly, so really. Angels do. They don't see God most of the year like the tax collectors. They see Him all the time. They're with Him. They walk with Him. And I believe that the angels desire to look into this now. They just knowing it is preferable to what they have. I don't believe that living this life is merely walking by through. Okay. When he gave to the sea his decree, 
When he came to the sea, his decree that the water did not pass his commandment. When God built the levee around the world, around the sea, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, when God took the bulldozers and built an 18 foot levee and paved it on top. Please just say, hey, Pacific, watch here. Don't you go nowhere to crap. That's all right. There's no bulldozer on the job that day, and no things to operate. <laughs> God just said, he just, he prescribed the land. You know what a lawyer thinks of a deed to a place, he describes the property. He don't have to go out there with a chalk line and pop it off and say, this is going that good. He just types it out on the top. Right at the beginning, at a certain point, you go north east, 962 and a half feet spent to the south, you know, all that stuff. He describes it by meets and bounds. It's all on paper. And as far as you're concerned, you can go out there in the night or in the day and say, I'm on my property, and now I'm just about to be on Ray Majors. Let me see. I think... That's his own lesson you can stand on It's just decreed, and God decreed the limits of the sea. The sea is mighty, but the sea respects the decree. And let me tell you, if there's a sickness in your body, or if there's a distress in your home, or if there's an old root problem in your church, or if there's a deeply embedded sin or fault among the saints of God, let me tell you, brother, go ahead and put the decree out, and when the waters get there, they'll stop and make a little foam and go back home. Yes. If in your own heart you believe the message of that, that there's nothing around there can drown you in the subjective right. I can just see one of them old tigers that never had tried Adam, and he'd come up there and say, I'm going to have a little fun out of Brother Adam. I'm going to hit his pocketbook. I'm going to say, You get too much time. <laughs> I don't think he'd call for the rescue unit or the CPA or nobody else. If you're an ACP, I wouldn't call for nobody. I believe he'd just say, What did you say? He was master. You know, there's a lot of fine young preachers in their wives get home after church and worry each other, slept dead to death about what the fellas in the back of the building was talking about. They just know they're talking about trying to get a coalition again. If they're back there talking in my church, you know what they're going to do? They're planning to get me a microwave of them. <laughs> How it starts from here, son, how it's going to get out there. Brother KLVI broadcasts the news and tells that the temperature is 31 degrees. If the man says he's KLVI when he gets out the arm, the man's going to hear it 31 degrees. And the way you react in your own heart, if you're scared of people, they'll drive you out of your mind. Bless his memory, he's dead now, and he's going to his reward, but he, he loved God. 
He went down to Hammond Organ here one time, bought a C3 and an RV22 speaker, brought it out, put it out. And when he got there, some of them guys were saying, Did you at the men's meeting when he brought them? No. Did you? No, I don't know. And about that time, that old red-headed preacher walked up and I said, And when did you have the deacon's meeting on that? He said, I didn't have no deacon's meeting. <laughs> he said, Do y'all want one? They said, Yes. He said, Let's have a right now. And he marched him up there in front. And one fellow fixing to talk, he said, Preach, you shut up! You know what I know about you and what I saved you from? You know, you still got your wife, Pete. Yes, sir, brother. There ain't no need to get all up there. Lay up your rulers up! It never was in! This is merely the secret of an imagination of self-dedicated to God. All that business. A bunch of long tongued women getting together on a committee and saying what you can buy and what you don't have. I believe that a pastor ought to control. He ought to have the management. He ought to have the rules. I believe he should offer the leadership. He ought to be the solution and not the problem. And he has dominion. I believe he's got the leadership and the oversight. God Almighty gave him to do that. I like what John S. Gillum said. You can't meet someone's eye. He said, you preachers, you worry me to death. He said, you just, you act so slowly. You get such a little down. He said, for me, he said, we don't run things that way at my house. He said, when I go buy a car, I just drive it up. Sister Gillum comes out there and says, well, Papa, it's good. Yeah, it's good. We remodeled our sanctuary a little while back, and I prayed and sought the Lord, and I wanted to be honorable and decent. And above all, I didn't want none of you guys getting no tails out on that. What a hard hand I moved. But if I didn't move it with an iron hand, one of them would. And I believe I'm better qualified early than they are. And I'd sure would hate to meet God Almighty with my tail tucked between my legs. Not me being a king. It'd be better for me to have a robe and crown on when I met God. Sit off behind the door strip, digging me a hole and I stay cool. I don't intend to get on there. <laughs> so I told him, I said, now you know, uh, our people are real. I don't mean to be bragging about it, but they are such a decent God with this. Bill Clancy did a marvelous job with the people. And I thank God for it. So when we got ready to remodel, we had to buy all new carpets thousand dollars worth. I said, now, you know, if I were to appoint two or three of the most dedicated of you folks to choose a carpet, you might not choose what everybody in the church wanted. In fact, there wouldn't hardly be any chance that you could please everybody. And if you did choose it, I know what you chose would be an excellent choice to have that confidence in any three of you could do. But you might not be able to take it in the next, the criticisms that people might give But I said, my next just hard enough, so I tell you what I'll do. I'll just choose your carpet and have it installed, and when you come in, nobody in the church is going to like it at all. <laughs> and they laughed just about like you did, and that's exactly what I did. I went and bought some turkey snout red and put it in, and when they came in, I stood by the door to enjoy their response and all sorts of what. And they came in and said, Woo! And ah, and then said, oh, 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 
that being hard-headed. I don't believe that's being selfish. I believe that's avoiding trouble in the church. I believe that's keeping people from getting exalted that don't need to be exalted. They know that we care for them. Boy, I like what Seth said here the other day. You love a church and stay with them. Yes, they do, right? Yeah. Now, brother, I'm going to close. It's time to close, almost. I'm going to get off of this. I brought a little book with me, Atlanta, Georgia, Monday afternoon as I flew through. I had a little short layover, and I've been putting up this bicentennial thing. That just turned me on that one. I like all that old time junk English. So I came by a little book that stand, and it said, uh, Early American Sales. And I read six or eight of them and pumped up a dollar ninety-five plus tax and bought it. I read in there that he that would sell a blind horse prayed his feet. Sit down, Eric. I'm pretty. <laughs> Isn't that good? Woo! He that would sell a blind horse praises his feet. I've been selling a lot of stuff lately. Selling out of farm equipment, head. And I've been in the position of seller, and I, I read another one that said the buyer needs a thousand eyes to sell her one. <laughs> you unusually intelligent guys always found out where I'm going. And you, I won't slip up on it. Seller of a blind horse will praise his feet. Ain't the tail manicured now? Look at that boy's neck. Well, the blind horse won't serve you well. I don't own a blind horse. Feet are important for a horse. You know, in our day, we've forgotten all about horses. But, mister, that used to be the way you made dresses for your little girls back. That used to be the way you put shoes on your boys' feet. It was the labor of the home. That used to be the way you'd get that doctor if somebody had a appendicitis attack when you lived on a farm and a fast little man was going to sell. You forgot all that. But earlier Americana, they said that he that would sell a blind horse praises his feet. There's lots of praise going on these days. High, exciting, hilarious praise about what they're doing yonder what they're doing here. But while you listen to that, put your handkerchief in front of your eyes. All right, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can buy a set of horseshoes for nine dollars. But you can't hardly have an operation on a horse for nine dollars to give her an eye. Put contacts on it to try to make that work. Promo of the Brady Noise Oro. That's not it out? Okay. All that glitters is not gold. Fellas, there's some things that look gamma, belly tight, exciting in this world, but you better look to see if that's what you want. 
I don't want nothing, friend, that's going to put the government of the church in the hands of lay members. I don't want nothing that can get to me where four or five men can sign a petition and take somebody down the road and never get like my high school. And jealous because of my ministry and my results and my success. And then come in and in a few minutes raise more devil than I can put out in five more years of dedicated ministry. I just don't like blind but they got pretty feet. And slick, and they fed it up stuff that's uh, what's called wheat there for. Boy, I make them look slick and good. I just don't want nothing, friend, that will keep me from governing the decisions that my people make. I am responsible to get them through that gate shop. I'm going to push, I'm going to pull, I'm going to tag, I'm going to twist arms, I'm going to pinch. I'm going to yell, I'm going to curse, I'm going to persuade, I'm going to teach, I'm going to do everything I can to get every man, every woman, every youngster, and every youth I've got through that door. When I get through, I'm going to look like a rag. And if, I, if, I, if I'm not utterly, thoroughly exhausted when I push my last shank through that door, I ain't doing right. Because I've got to serve him with all my might. But hang me now. If I'm going to go stick my neck in a noose, that I know is going to come between you preaching my conviction from what I know. That little evangelist came to me. I'm going to quit on time. You can't, you can't arrest me. He came to me and Brother Burr sent him and he was a, I, I wish all of you knew him. He's such a splendid, beautiful soul, just a child. But came with the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. But we used him as long as we felt led and you know, I, I just got to pass in the church. I can't help who was there on Sunday morning or ordinary. I, you know, I've got a duty. And uh, it was one of them days that those little dudes said, My God, that mighty power that Holy Ghost got on me. Well, that's what happened to me that morning. <laughs> Did you remember seeing that? God bless his good memory. Don't you love him? Oh, Neil got the Holy Ghost for us for a solid year. I hadn't missed him with That's those dudes for God Almighty. I'm passing. I'm make king out of it, boy. Yes, you wait. Brother, I'm telling you, God, last night, him and my boy and another one went to the church and just prayed till they fell out drunk. My whole boy. <laughs> and me would be? Yeah, boy. I'm telling you, that's good. God's still real. Boy, I'm, I'm a loving my boy. He's a growing in the grace and power of the Holy Ghost. He's making me a hand, boy. But I was teasing for bragging on him. He's pretty black. Every old crow pretty black. He's blessed. Well, I just want to tell you this. That if you're going to get in any situation where, well, like this young man, he was in there, I just came down the line. I just literally had to eat some of my boys out in the Last six weeks, they got to where they let the hair get out on their collar. Sideburn just a little long. And then last week, three of them and two of them were mad boys. Went and got a razor shave at the end of it. Now we did that in depression when there were four of us boys and four of us girls and dad worked on vegetables and sandwiches. You know, it was a matter of a crock butter bowl over your head. <laughs> and we done that to save money, boys. And mama took the safety razor and she said, mm -hmm. But these boys that make a nine and a seventy-five an hour, they don't need a butter bowl treatment. They just went down there because the guy selling clothes over at Jesus was doing it. Yeah. 
And I said, now look, boys, I'm just telling you. I called them by name. That's the first time I've done that in seven years, Pastor. And I said, we, I, I couldn't use you in the trio this morning. I couldn't lead, use you to lead songs. I'm just telling you that I can't stand it. Get your hair cut, set it up to edge, just like we've always done it in summer. We're going to keep it that way. We're not going to change. We're not going to change our shoe style. But now what I want to tell you is this. The young evangelist sat there after, after lunch. He said, brother, she said, well, I bet if a preacher had done that, they would have had him there.